Today is November 8th, and <clears throat> we were talking yesterday about the difference between what's considered a mistake and what's considered a calculated risk for the doctors. And on page 51, we're reading uh, Zalman Nechamiyat Goldberg, he's a modern rabbi in Israel, and he was asked a bunch of questions, so let's take a look. One, we'll start it again, this first paragraph, because we sort of stopped in the middle of the conversation. Right when the doctor's gonna go to Galut because he killed somebody, that's only if he made a mistake. Right? He says it would be different if the doctor makes a mistake and the guy dies versus the doctor knew in advance that this this procedure that they wanted to do could heal or it could do the opposite. Sometimes depending on what the whatever the scenario is, but he knows it's not a guarantee, and he told them in advance. Over there, he quotes this case. Guys, a guy who is sick. Right? They, they gave up on the guy. And they're saying, This guy, not living more than two days. Right? So they're telling the guy, Listen, we do nothing, you're dying in two days. There's one shot, we can do one kind of procedure, and it's very risky. If it works, you're going to live. But if it doesn't work, you're going to die on the spot. <clears throat> so the question was, Do we say, listen, he's got a guarantee, although well, no, no, he has a guarantee, but he has a good chance to live one or two days, right? And therefore, he has temporary life. If we put him on the table now, you're giving up potentially that temporary life because the guy's going to die right now. Are we concerned about the temporary life that he has right now versus the opportunity to maybe live longer or not? Right? They answered back. Right? He says, in general, we normally are concerned for partial life from the fact that even someone who is on their deathbed, we're still going to be mehalel Shabbat. We're going to transgress Shabbat to try to save them. So even even min- one second of life has value. However, he says, in this scenario that you've presented, it's possible that this procedure is actually going to heal the guy. Right? The, uh, the choices are, we heal you or you die. Right? And if we do nothing, you die in two days. Those are the, those are the options on the table. Right? He says, in this scenario, Allah Hayshin and we have to we have to discount the temporary life. He says there's an open proof from the Gemara in Masikhir Avodazara and Daf Kafzain. Let's take a look what it says. That's why we're not allowed to take the plug out. Daf Kafzain Amud Bet. That's Hayesha'a. Okay, Mashu Achel Gamma. Kafzain Amud Bet. No, but this is not taking out. Here, they're giving you the option. The guy is giving you a choice. Yes or no? Amar of Yohanan. Safek Hai Safek Met. En Mitrapi'in Mehen. Vadai Met Mitrapi'in Mehen. Okay? So when I says first, you have a guy who we're not sure if he's going to live or he's going to die, so you're not allowed to use a doctor that hates the Jews. Because we're concerned that the guy is going to kill you. If he's a vadaimit, if we don't do anything right this minute, the guy is going to die. Then you could use you can use a doctor that hates even you could even use the doctor who hates the Jews. Okay, Mara says vadaimit, ha'ika 
why even a guy who's going to for sure die should we allow allow the the doctor who hates the Jews to, to, to do any procedures? Because what about the Haya Sha'ah? He's not going to die this second. He's going to die in 20 minutes. And if you don't do anything, right? So once I, so he says, Ha'ika Haya Sha'ah. Says the Gemara, Haya Sha'ah lo Haishinan. Okay? We're not concerned about the temporary life. Why? Because there's cases of a daimet. Cases of a daimet, right? So Tosafot over here says, let's see, he says there's a Tosafot here. La Haya Sha'ah lo Haishinan. Says Tosavot. Vehad Aminam Biyoma. Gmana Masech Yoma says, Mitfakhin alavet hagal bishabat. Why? Lahosh lahayesha'a. The Gmana over there says, let's say there's a building that collapsed, right? And it's Shabbat, and we don't know. There was people inside. We don't know if they're alive or not. Now I have to bring in heavy machinery. I have to start to dig, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. things that are, that are not allowed to be done at Shabbat, but there's potentially people that are alive inside the building. I don't know if they're alive or not. They might all be dead, for all I know. Now, what is that? The Gmana says, no problem. You have to transgress Shabbat yeah, because Safek. Of pikuah nefesh, it's mm. potentially that somebody's in there, and if you don't do anything, they might die because you didn't do anything. So you now you have to do it anyway. That's what one of those says. Alma haishinan over there. I mean, that's telling me that I'm concerned for potential life that's inside, that even temporary life. The building's on top of the guy. If I leave him there, he's definitely dying. But if I do something, I have potential to save him. So he's in he's in a Hayesha'a scenario, right? He's in this, right. and it still says that I still have to transgress. Over here, you're telling me, Over here, the guy's potentially, the guy's absolutely going to die if we don't do anything. And then when I says, use a doctor, even use the doctor that's right there, even if that doctor is, is tattoos with swat stickers and hates the Jews and wants to kill every Jew on his T-shirt, use that guy because you don't have a choice. He's Hayesha'a, right? We say, oh, what about the Hayesha'a? We're not concerned about temporary life. And we're not concerned about temporary life, so why are you digging over there? So he says, when I says that says in both scenarios that we are we're doing what's beneficial to the patient. Right? yamut. If I'm not going to be concerned about Hayesha'a over there. The guy's going to die. If you leave him under the building, it's over, right? No, no chance. Vehacha, in our scenario, the cases where the guy's, the guy, whatever, he kind of wounded his God or whatever it is, that uh, he's, got, he's going to get killed if we don't do something. says, im tahush, if you're going to be concerned about this doctor with the swastikas on him, right? Lo yitrapem He's also going to definitely die, right? So meaning, we're playing with haishin al and lo haishin al depending on the outcome. What's the outcome? Is it going to save the guy? If I have an opportunity where I do nothing, he dies, right? Then I have to do something to save him. That's what it comes down to, right? The kan, the kan shavkin havadaylem evada safek. In both scenarios, we ignore the we 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 ignore the vaday and we deal with the safek, which is over here in our scenario over here. Safek. I don't know if the guy's the doctor's going to kill him or not. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know about. You have to let him try. What about the hayasha? No, we don't worry about the hayasha because if he kills him, okay, it is what it is. I have a, I have a chance to save him. So yes, yes, absolute proof. The case, our case is over here that if you don't do anything, right. The guy's going to die in two days. That's what it says. I get, it, it, dying in two days. Every doctor says, you got two days. Yeah, maybe 50, maybe even it's a 10% chance to live. 10% chance to live, 90% chance you die on the table. You're allowed to do that. It says you have to do the surgery. You have to do the operation. You're not allowed to take the plaque out. No, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He says, 
He says, if you're going into this surgery, knowing that the chances are very slim, on the second paragraph, right? He says, uh, page 51, Victor, second paragraph, right at the beginning. Right? In this scenario we just discussed, where the, you know, your doctor's telling going in, listen, very slim chance for survival, but I'm telling you now, if we don't do anything, you're going to die in two days. That's what's going to happen. So either we do it, and we, try, and we could save you, potentially, or you're going to die on the table, or we do nothing and you die in two days. That's the case. And he says, now, okay, they decided to do the surgery, which is the halakha, According to this, is that you have to do this? You have to do the surgery. You have no choice. So now the, do- the doctor did it, and the guy died on the table. Okay, it was it was a, it was it was it was a very well known chance that that's going to happen. So he says, gole, We wouldn't send the doctor into galut. We don't call that a rotzeh uh, uh, right? So mistaken killing. The doctor didn't make a mistake. He did exactly what the surgery was supposed to do. The outcome of that surgery is potentially very, very life-threatening, right? Or potentially, he didn't make a mistake in the surgery, so why are we going to send him into Galut? The halakha was, right, that not only the patient, but the doctor also had an obligation, assuming he was a Jewish doctor, had an obligation to do this. means you have no choice. If you're the guy and you know how to do it, you have to do the surgery. Oh, but it's the 90% chance I'm going to kill the guy. Doesn't matter. You have to do it. And therefore he says, that doctor, he's honest. Right? It's not, there's nothing, no, no fault whatsoever. Zero. Okay. Why? There's no way to know the outcome of the surgery in advance. It's impossible, right? And there's no way to prevent whatever happened. The surgery, the only way to do the surgery is this surgery at this point at diamond. That's the risk. That, those are the risks. Fine. Now, He says it's simpler, it's similar to a scenario where someone's having relations with his wife. And all of a sudden she becomes a nida when it's not the right time for her to become a period. So what are you going to do? Now, having relations with your wife when she's a nida is karet. But if it happens while they're having relations in the middle, and all of a sudden it's not the right time for her to have, to have her period, and she got it, okay, what do you want the guy to do? It's not. It's, it's total onus. He's saying it's the same thing over here. This total onus, there's nothing you can do about your patur. Another example he brings. The um, Korban Pesach, Someone who doesn't bring Korban Pesach is Hayav Karet. It's one of the only two, two mitzvot I say that have Karet. Korban Pesach and Brit Milah. Okay? So Korban Pesach, a guy doesn't bring Korban Pesach, Hayav, hayav Karet. What happens now, you, you brought your Korban Pesach, but the way that you're supposed to cook the Korban Pesach is whole. You, you, you do the Shechita, and they roast it whole, which means they didn't check inside the animal for any blemishes. Mm-hmm. So I cooked, I did my korban, and I cooked it, and I did the way I was supposed to do, and now we sit down to eat it, and we cut it open to eat it, and now I see that it has a blemish, and it's now asur, I'm not to eat it, it's terifa. Yeah. Now what do I do? Did I bring my korban Pesach? Or I didn't bring my korban Pesach. Well, I, do, I brought the korban, but, I, but I'm not allowed to eat it, so now what? So do I get karet? He says, no, that's again another example of an honest that you have nothing to do. It's totally outside your control. How are you supposed yeah, to know that internal, there's a, there's, a wound, there's a wound inside, how are you supposed to know? You're not going to know. And the, the, the way to do the mitzvah is you're not allowed to check it. Right? You, can, you, have to, you have to roast it, cook whole, everything done whole, right? So what are you going to do for me? Okay, patur, same idea. Now, He's bringing another example. We have, a, we have this kid who's 13 years old already, but we're not sure if he's really a gadol. Now, to, to become a gadol, you have to have two pubic hairs, right? So we don't know yet what he's got. Right? Eventually, we're going to find out if at this point in time, right now, he already has pubic hairs or not. How? 
Okay, so some kids, right, never get to puberty. They just grow up and they're unable to have children and they're unable to whatever it comes. And now that's called sadis. Okay? Yeah, sadis. So now, uh, what happens? Right now, we don't know what, what he is. He's 13 years old. He could be a regular kid. Could be that in the future he's going to grow up and he's never going to hit puberty. We don't know. Right? Fine. Aval, im simane sadis, it bareshu kaet katan. Which comes out like this. Let's say two, three years down the road, he's already now 17 and he didn't hit the puberty. Now we know that already that he's, that he's now going to be a Saris. We know that already. Right? But back when he was 13, we had no idea. So if he never gets to puberty, it comes out that back when he was 13 already, he was a Gadol. We define, we define a Gadol as getting to puberty. Right? Or reaching the point in time when you're 13, you know. We yeah, define 13 as two, two pubic hairs. But if you never get pubic hairs, 13 makes you a gadol without pubic hairs. So now at 17, we never get the pubic hairs. We know when he was 13, he really was a gadol. Now, if, right, when he was, let's say, at 13 and a half or 14, he already saw pubic hairs, then at 13, he wasn't, he wasn't a gadol yet, right? Because mm-hmm. he eventually turned into a gadol. He's just a late bloomer, and he came late, right? So now, what happens later will be, as tell us retroactively what he was before. Now listen to the case. He says, If we see now that he's going to be a Saris, which if he never got the puberty, when he's 13 right now, he's really Gadol. If he's going to, no, sorry, he's not going to bring Simane Saris, which means he's going to actually hit puberty. Because they're going to come later. And when they come, that's when he's a Gadol. Now, that was all an intro to get to this point now. Okay, so here's what happened. There's a mahloket. When we say most of the time, we say, when I have a safek on halakha in the Torah, I'm not sure if this is a mutar or asur. I have to be strict, I have to be strict on myself. I say, safek d'oraita l'humrah. Safek d'rabanan l'kula. I can be lenient on the rabbinical law. I have to be strict on laws of the Torah. Now the question that he's discussing over here is, Mahlok in the post game, if I say, Safek de Oraita Lehumra, is that a law from the Torah, or is that the rabbis telling us that since it is a Safek from the Torah, you need to be strict? Does the Torah itself tell me that when there's a Safek in the Torah, you're not, you have to be strict, and that's a Torah law that you have to be strict? Or is it, no, 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 from the Torah, really, Safek de Oraita is mutar. And the rabbi said, well, uh, it's the right, let's be strict over here, we'll be lenient on that. Mahlok. The Rambam is posek, that safek de oraita lehumra is rabbinical. That's the Rambam's posek, okay? So, when he says over here, shele has sovrim, she safek de oraita mina Torah lekula, mina Torah, it's lekula, it's the rabbis that made it asur. And now, so we have this kid now, right? Who is this safek age? We don't know exactly, is he, is he a gadol? He's not a gadol yet. And what did he do? Achal az halev. He ate some fat from an animal that would, would cause karet. It's from the fats that you're not allowed to eat. Any, any fat that's supposed to go on the mizbeach as a korban, you're not allowed to eat it. Somebody eats it, the penalty is karet. If you did it on purpose, on b'shogeh, he has to bring a korban hatat. Okay? But this kid now, who we don't know is a gadol. Now, if he's a gadol, he's going to be hayav. If he's a katan, he's patur, because he's a katan, right? Now, so he eats this halev. Okay. So he says, what do we do now? So now, now we have all the pieces of the puzzle. Let's read the whole case back together, because he gave me like a, you know, a little, little bunch of halachot to, to, to put it all into one. So he says like this. I have this kid. We don't know what he is, right? If you're holding like the Rambam, who says I have a safek 
from the Torah, I'm going to go lekula ve'achal az chilev, right? That this kid ate fat, nechshav le'anus ve'lo l'shogeg, he would not be hayav, because it's really min Torah mutar. Now, ve'rach me'achal ve'chachamim asru safek de'oraita, it's only when the rabbis came later on and said, no, 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 safek de'oraita, we're going to make that asur, yatsa michlal ones ve'naasa shogeg. So he became shogeg really only because the rabbis are the one that decided Right, that this kid, right, was, that uh, that we say safek So, which means the kid ate when he was twelve, when he was thirteen, let's say. And you know what happened? At fourteen, he got two pubic hairs. Right, comes out later. So now he would because now that safek at the time when we don't know he's a gadol or not. If minatora, that's mutar. Now he could really eat the chelav because he really katan. Right, but if the rabbi said it's it's a now, so the, the rabbis made him into a shogeg, mm-hmm. not really. Therefore, in our scenario, since there's a chance that he's going to be successful in the surgery, it's an obligation to do this. It's definitely something that happens to the guy. The doctor is not going to galut. It's totally honest. Amen. Amen.